plant, uh, 10,000 plant uh, operation, and you know, I'd say about six or seven of them were up and running before they lost their license because she not only forged a document, she bribed a public official, and then she lied about it and got caught. Damn. Yeah, so we lost, you know, we lost Did our she job. she spend any time in jail? Not a single second. What? She got a $800,000 fine, and she can't work in the state of Colorado anymore, but California. Come on over, you know. So, uh, you know, no, uh, no real jail time, but no real justice, maybe. I don't right. know. But uh, right. it's just, you know, it's interesting. People with the with the time and the resources, it seems like, are the ones who are the least patient, you know. So yeah. that was, that's how I ended up back here. I mean, I went out to Michigan. I, I, I was a teacher before this. And then after the third school that I worked at, just closed. They in just, Michigan? Yeah, yeah, they just closed. You know, they don't call you. You show up at I'm work, and they're just closed. Like, so after the third one of that, I was like, forget it. And I called up my old boss when I worked at a dispensary in Detroit, and I was like, hey, man, is there, like, any jobs at all? I'm, like, trying to be a grower. And this was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And... Uh, and he's like, yeah, I mean, you can come work at, and be a receptionist at my dispensary. And I was like, all right. And then I went back to teaching for a while, and then that school closed. And then I came back to him the second time, and I was like, hey, is there, like, anything at all? You know, here, Colorado, California, like, anything? Because I'm ready to go. And he's like, hold on. Makes a phone call, and 10 minutes later, he's like, yeah, you know, there's something in Colorado if you want to go work out there. And uh, three days later, I was backed up and moving out to Colorado. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Curious. This time I sit down with Doug, who is a caregiver here in Michigan and spent some time working in a commercial grow in Colorado and has some really wild, interesting stories. He also is a teacher, um, so we have a fairly extensive conversation around Colorado, Michigan, uh, cannabis teaching and just general life. Maverick, my dog, makes an appearance, many appearances in this podcast. Um, so you will hear his panting and his collar in the background. My apologies. We're still training him on how to have good podcast etiquette. Okay, thanks y'all for listening. I was lucky to have that experience, but if you remember, and this was way back when they uh, they were trying to charge people for overconsumption or over uh, possession for the weight of the edibles you remember this so like yeah. a brownie like the weight of the brownie so if there's their their thought was that if you have a brownie and it weighs more than two and a half ounces and it has any form of cannabis in it that that should count as your total weight so you know as a patient you're allowed two and a half ounces if that brownie weighs two point seven five ounces technically they were they were arresting people for being over and people had hundreds of edibles you know what i mean because right. they're thinking it's the oil that goes into them not the which actual. makes sense because that has to be the smaller portion of what's in the brownie right yeah, yeah. is the cannabis yeah, yeah. probably the smallest portion maybe right. other than the water maybe so uh they went to the supreme court about that a couple times and they finally figured that out and that's when the dispensary opened back up and that's when i went and then i went back to the school because they had that the edible issue and that was a big source of their income so they just shut down for a minute and then uh, came back and by that time it was like yeah go out to Colorado and uh, you know $10 an hour at the second or the most expensive non-coastal city in America at the time I mean I, I, I roomed up with my buddy from college and we split an apartment you know 500 square foot apartment and worked there I worked at a really crappy place the first time just didn't treat people right 
as the place I worked at that I was just describing, treated people really well, pe paid people well, was you know considerate of people, but their management was faulty. So you know, fish rots from the head. One day you have a job. I go out, I got a tooth pulled, pulled into the parking lot. The whole thing just you know they they, they figured it out because you made such poor mistakes on the paperwork that it was obvious and it was you know altered. And uh, by the end of the day, we didn't have a job anymore. It was it was that quick. And then. About two years later, someone bought up the building, and I think it's uh, I think it's Lucy Sky owns it now, okay. and that's like a big company out in Colorado, and I think they have some in Washington. But um, for a while, I think for almost a year, it sat dormant. Which could you imagine that? Well, I mean, warehouse is fourteen dollars a square foot a year out there, and I mean, it's a hundred thousand. You know, I mean, it's millions of dollars just sitting there. So it was a real loss for everyone. Like you know, you lose your employees, you lose your operation, you lose your location. And then all those people got to start over. Well, and then I went back to teaching. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to go teach. So I did some special ed, uh, adult special ed, and uh, vocational rehab. So, you know, people with traumatic brain, brain injuries, they'll come and learn how to do simple tasks, and we employ them as part of their, you know, government pay. And you know, it's, it's, it's like a big package, yeah. And uh, after that is when I came back to Michigan and I partnered up with my buddy from high school, and then the rest was history. You know, I've stayed since then. Uh, but it was really great that, I mean, short of Hawaii, Hawaii was the best place I've ever been. <laughs> but living in Colorado during the during the Green Rush was was really something. So it would be grow all day and then bud tend at night just for, for extra money. You know what I mean? They have, they have such a great uh, young crowd out there. I mean, there's you could, you could eat at a different place every day. You could do something different every weekend. I mean, it was really the place to be, but it was, you know, three times as expensive as anything around here right. for half as much. Yeah. You know, so that, that part sucked. $10 but an hour. 10 bucks an hour. That, I mean, you were, yeah. that's impressive that you made that work. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was uh, a lot of saved up money and then, uh, you know, let's living with a roommate. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can do it. And, you know, I, I love him to death, but it was, you know, 500 feet. And it was really just, uh, you know, the bedroom and the living room. So there was really two bedrooms when it came down to it, you know, and I had the rabbits too at the time. So, you know, I didn't have the chickens and the bees and all that, but uh, it was a good time. I lived in a Capitol Hill neighborhood. It was really fun. I could walk everywhere. I was, it ended up being more safe than I I thought it was going to be when I first got there, yeah. um, but then I had to move to Aurora the next year because even with that other person, like rent was you know, just okay. insane. Like there's no way. And I mean, I know when I moved to Aurora, there were four people I lived with. Three, all of us had jobs. One of us had like a real job. Like, he was a graphic designer, like made good money. He worked for uh, Stars Entertainment. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, like young guy, good looking guy. It was my old neighbor at my apartment, so we ended up uh, meeting up and was like, hey man, let's try and save some money. Those, those our two jobs, so my special ed job, his job at the uh, entertainment, Stars Entertainment, and then two people who worked at the airport, we barely qualified for the minimum income together for that house in Colorado. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Like that said yeah. something. Like anything that's, you know, like 1200 here would be 3000 to 4000 there. And 
I mean, same condition, like, you know, mm-hmm. cracked driveways and stuff like that. But it had a shed, and, you know, I started growing in the shed, and that's, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's kind of how it worked for me. You know, I had to pay a little bit extra for it. Was that your first time growing? That wasn't my first time growing. That was my first time growing personally. Okay. So it was all mine uh, versus, you know, helping my cousin or, you know, helping out friends here and there. Um, and then the commercial stuff. And then from then on, it's, I've never not, <laughs> never not had a grow, so. Get down, Maverick. Hey, buddy. Oh, okay. You're like all on the podcast, dude. The liver's gonna hear you just pan. That's okay. That's okay. He's a good boy. He's like, you know, I think I should be on there, though, you guys. I tell you, you could be the face of it. That could actually definitely work. It's like, you guys. Oh, another thing about Denver, super dog-friendly city. Feel free to uh, start oh, off. Oh, thank you. I bet you I have a lighter, too. I do. I have. I've Perfect. got one for you. Perfect. Yeah. So what's up, What's up with you? Are you enjoying the summer? Yeah. He's like, I try, man. Yeah. Oh, you're going to eat that right off his head? No. Don't eat his ear. <laughs> Look at how sweet you are. He's a sweet little doggy. It's tough. I, I feel bad for boy dogs. I feel like they get overlooked a lot, you know? And yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. It just seems seems to be the case. But. <laughs> you want to eat that? No, oh, oh, I don't think you want to. I mean, you probably could. It wouldn't hurt you any. He's like, could I have this business card? You guys, it looks really good. Hey, hey, you're not missing much. You're not missing much. Okay, well, you really want it then, all right. He will eat anything. There you go. He's like, oh, I'll go have a little bite of it. That's all right, buddy. It'll probably be better for you than some of the other things you eat. You'd like my parents' dog. What kind of dog do your parents have? Uh, He's uh, a schnauzer. One of those big, big old schnauzers. He's uh, I can kind of picture that. Yeah, him. he's he's a good dog. He's just um. I don't look at all. Look he's just at dumb. Him. I guess would be the way to describe him. <laughs> energetic though, and I, missing teeth. Yeah, he's definitely energetic. He can be a little. Well, he's not dumb. He's smart and mischievous. It's like my mom is just like, you're, you weren't a bad kid. You were curious. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I know what you mean by that. Like. You had to keep your eye on me the entire time. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a half-brother and a half-sister. And uh, they're, um, you know, I mean, you, you saw us three standing next to each other. You'd be like, oh, you guys aren't related, you know, because my mom's Italian, so it's like where I get my, my dark features from. But my dad's side is just tall and dark, and or tall and, and light, you know. So uh, my sister Maverick used to do uh, nannying. She was like a nanny ran a nanny service and my brother is just an entrepreneur he's he does really well for himself he lives in florida that's awesome yeah i, I feel bad for him right now though because of covid yeah, has yeah. it like changed everything for him you know he uh i think really no matter what he had been fine he's very 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 smart uh but the thing about Florida is is if people don't come, Florida doesn't work. <laughs> like the whole reason Florida works, like is because it's all out of state money, you know. And that's so fair. It's like all tourists, right? Yeah, and then people come, and you know, there's it's or like, like snowbirds or whatever. Right. It's like South Haven. You know, a couple weeks ago, it was like perfect day for the beach, but the only thing that's open is the beach. You know, it's like it's like you can't hear, you know, you can't get anything to drink. You bring all your food, right. all your drinks. It's just like okay. And that's kind of what was happening in Florida, but um, I think at this point, I don't mean to say it like this, but those who have made it through are probably fine, you know, and those who are still struggling are probably still going to struggle. So there's definitely a, a, a big division there, but 
the way it kind of broke down was, I mean, people, you know, on either side of the street, one person was like totally, you know, staying in and doing what they were supposed to do and the other person wasn't. So it was like a mixed bag everywhere. So you really can't use those results because every, there really wasn't a static group of people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And he said it got kind of frustrating because most of the older folks in the nursing homes are the people that go out and buy all the stuff and keep the economy running because they're the locals. And when they're not doing that, you know, it, it slows everything down. But That makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think that out-of-state money has such a big influence in the state of Florida, but it's, I mean, so big they don't have a, you know, an income tax. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't. They don't, yeah. That's why a lot of businesses are in Florida. Yeah. Gosh. Smart, right? Right? It is smart. Yeah, but, you know, you got the hurricanes, you know. You got a good school systems down there, smart kids, so good workforce, but... It's also, like, hot as Yeah, I couldn't do it. I don't know how my... My brother's a big old boy. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, he must just have an air conditioner to, to live in because, <laughs> I mean, even just going from the car to the, to the you know, the grocery store or something. Yeah. Like, good Lord. Yeah. But, yeah, and you don't want to be, like, what I hear is, like, you don't want to be outside at certain points in no, time. Like, and you want to be inside. And then it's going to get rained on, and then, and then you're going to be... Hot and humid, which is the worst, you know. Yeah, it is. It's like you're just in a sauna. But uh, it's the hurricanes. That, I mean, I, no thanks. Not a chance. And, you know, where does everybody live? On the coast, where the hurricanes are, so, you know. I know. And then when one comes, like, you're not getting out of there. And or even when they're doing the evacuation, right? Just, like, the threat of one. Like, yeah, right. It's like a sink. You're just... Everyone's on the same path going yeah, north. Better like, have a motorcycle. Luck. Yeah, you know. I mean, the only people getting around at that point are people on a motorcycle. Yeah. Or, like, some tiny little plane that you can, like, take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, those, like uh, fishing boats. Yeah, yeah. Or fishing <laughs> yeah. With, with the pontoons. That would actually be a good idea. Even better. <laughs> Stop it, Mallory. They have a funny name. I can't remember what it is right now. But, I don't even talk about, though. Yeah. So when, so what was the first year you started growing in Colorado? Uh, so I started personally growing uh, about two weeks after the law came through. And uh, when was that? Yeah. No, that was in Michigan. Oh, okay. I got I got lucky there. Um, that but was two, the 2008 law? It was uh, 2000, yeah, it was either 2008 or 2009. For some reason, 2009 screaming in my head. Oh, no, but um, yeah, either way. And then, uh, you know, I finished up school. And then I ended up actually making it out to Colorado in uh, 2014, right as they legalized uh, recreational. Um, okay. Not intentionally, that's just how it worked out for me. I wasn't like, oh, there's recreational. It was the... I found the opportunity first before, you know, going over there. But uh, the recreational market was so interesting because they expected all this money, right? All this, all this tax money they were going to get. But everybody uh, did want to pay the 35 percent. You know, tax. So everyone went and got a medical card, which is six percent tax. So you go out there, and they're like looking for all these billions of dollars, and you know it's just not showing up month after month. And but the the medical patient registry is growing by like five, ten thousand, you know, a month. Wow. You know, so basically what people did is they said, well, I'm not going to pay because the only difference is in the is is a is a colored tag, a yellow tag or a blue tag. Oh. Okay, so I had to cut a little bit of the podcast out here because Maverick was just being a little too attention-seeking. And I was trying to put him away, 
but he's a mischievous little MF and he managed to get out. And then we had a whole conversation about dogs and rabbits and pet insurance and la la. And I just figured I'd spare you all that and plug you back in right where we start talking about cannabis again. Okay, thanks. Uh, the thing that's, that I'm finding that's holding up a lot of people is having to have the facility first, which I'm, I still quite don't understand what that's about, uh, but I don't know. It's just, uh, it really makes it difficult. And I think that's what's yeah. holding up a lot of people who would otherwise be up and running. People who know what they're doing, yeah. you know, from doing it. And it's, it's, it's been really interesting to see people I know who are extremely successful at this struggle and then people I know who are seemingly aloof succeed. And I just, the only thing I can, under, I can pull from all that information is that it is just from municipality to municipality so dichotomous. It's not, it's either you're in or you're not and there's, there's, there's no, like, oh, this area is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's so difficult to find the place and then find it in the right area for the right price that has all the needs that you have. I mean, there's, I mean, there's lists made that there are buildings that don't even exist to fill them. Yes. You know, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, all right, if you want a new, new building, just say you have to build this new, it has to, you know, okay, fine. You know, I'm not one for all the regulation, but it's, it's just difficult. And it, it makes, uh, uh, a very possible dream impossible for the very people that are making the whole thing available to everybody and I just I really feel for those people and it's it's been difficult to watch you know people who you wouldn't expect get cut down quick you know just yep, sorry but investors left you know they gave us one strike and we're, you know, that was it wow. and I mean we're talking sometimes the difference of a phone call you know, if you get a phone call one day versus getting a phone call the next day or getting it a day early, you know, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's really tough. It seems like, uh, I mean, you probably witnessed a lot of that well, too, especially uh, with your time in Colorado. I mean, and I worked in three, four different areas in Colorado and yeah. it, it was different. The city of Denver was all the same. Uh, but when I expanded, I was working out in Aurora. I mean, they, they were so meticulous with stuff that I remember they gave me a packet to be a bud tender there. And I just didn't even take the job after. I was like, I'm, no way, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. And all these square footage requirements and labeling. And God, I was just like, whoa, you're like totally taking the spirit out of it, you know? And that's the over-regulation that I didn't want to see. But then there's the under-regulation where people are being unscrupulous and putting out, knowingly putting out unsafe product, you know? Mm -hmm. But... I don't know. I've seen a lot more of that commercially than I certainly have ever seen as a caregiver. I mean, the losses are a lot smaller on a caregiver scale, but I've worked commercially, and I mean, I've seen whole rooms get cut down. I mean, it's just you know something that needs to happen. But the standards between Michigan and Denver are astronomically different, and the things that they're astronomically different about are the hardest things, uh, the hardest concepts to fulfill for the government. You know, like micro moles and all these fancy experiments and gadgets and all this stuff that you have to have. I mean, and then on top of it, you gotta wait 60 days for them to come out. And then if they get delayed by anything, it's like, what do you, you know, what are you doing? You're just sitting there with an empty building for three or four months. And where's the incentive for people to come in and get in, involved with this, right? Like you open up the door for everybody and, and 
Yeah. Now there's 15 roadblocks, you know, so it's it's tough and it's it's a shame too because I have so many friends from out of state, from you know, North Carolina or you know, Missouri or you know people I met when I was in Colorado were from all. I met more people from Michigan than I did from Colorado when I first moved out there. Wow. I was like, you know, you meet people. It's like two four eight five eight six, you know, three one three. I'm like, what is this? Like everybody's from Michigan. Yeah, it's like my second Michigan. It was like a second Michigan, you know. But uh, you know, I guess in a way that was kind of comforting. But it, it was it's just difficult to see such seemingly maybe i don't understand everything but such seemingly inconsequential things matter so much that good people who know what they're doing who could already have had this system running aren't even aren't even trying you know and that's you know maybe that's the teacher in me but it's like good lord like people really aren't going to even try anymore and it's and we're only going to have one choice here you know, the patients are not going to have any choice when it comes down to it. And not to mention the supply is already low. So it's, I don't know, it's been an interesting rollout. But it's so funny because I have those same people call me. And they're like, man, Michigan, you have the best laws and, you know, the best caregiver models and all this stuff. And I bet you we're the last ones. Yeah. I bet you there won't be another caregiver model. And I bet you that. We kind of are. I think that's it, you know. And I think they're they're going for it here. I mean, I've seen some things about, uh, I think it's House Bill 6022. Yes. Uh, it's uh, yes. trying to limit personal cultivation in a residential area, which, you know, I don't know very many people who live in a non-residential area. So, I mean, I why, know, why offer cars? How many caregivers are not growing? Right, right. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is <laughs> we're losing caregivers every year and we're gaining patients and it's, eventually they're all going to get bought off they're going to work their own thing or they're going to go work somewhere corporate and there's just not going to be any any choice left i know and, and that, like there's let's face it there's also like supply and quality mm-hmm. issues in the legal market it's, the caregivers like dude, how do you take caregivers out they are the backbone on which this whole thing was made possible it's uh it's and yeah, it's, it's like a an precise tactic, that's for sure. But yeah, that was a... I mean, we're looking at what, 11, 12 years now? Yeah, 12 years since this law's been in. You know, we got people with, you know, 10 to 12 years' experience that could solve the problems that the people without any of the experience are getting stuck on. So it's tough. So the the outward appearance to people outside of Michigan is that hey, this is a place to be and I agree I moved back from college. I, I literally moved from the cannabis yeah, right. capital of the like world caregivers to, to Michigan yeah I'm like hey I think this is where the next place is going to be where the next big potential uh, green rush will be and I, I certainly think I was right but I think we are at such a diluted amount of where we could be we we really could be. I mean, we could be ahead of Colorado right now if we did things right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, like we're about five or six years behind, and I, I think that's just makes for a little bit of a wishwashing in price and quality and stuff like that. But it also shortens the amount of time that it, it lengthens the amount of time that investors have to wait to make their money back, and that disincentivizes the whole thing. And it's just like, man, the, why not just let the individuals who are the collective backbone work their individual things keep the niche market going and, and do your commercial thing but this this is this is where they're starting to cross back over to take out the competition and that's 
you know, I don't think that's very fair. Like, hey, let us learn from you and let us, you know, and then we're going to cut you out, you know. And it, it makes it tough because I know a lot of good people that, you know, count on that to, to be part of their identity, and it's tough, so. Not to mention patience. Right, I mean, the, the real losers are the patients, and we're getting more and more of them. Both, that's like both sides. Like, yeah. Love it, both sides. You know, mm -hmm. like get some value out of it, like mm -hmm. caregivers and patients. Mm -hmm. There's some like caregivers that like take deep pride in what they do, and it's a very tough job, I think. It is not easy. Like, it seems <laughs> like it's a full time job, honestly. It's an, I, what I tell people is it is a, if you don't care about it, it's a 40 hour a week job. If you care about it, it's a 50 hour a week job. If you love it, it's a 60 hour a week right. job. And then you're on call the minute you, from the second you drive out of your facility parking lot. Alarm goes off, you know, if someone breaks in, you know, maybe that's not something that you would immediately respond to, but I mean, there's, there is no detachment. It's a 24-hour-a-day, yeah. seven-day-a-week job, and, and so much so that they're willing to give you an app so that you can monitor it on your phone all the time, which seems so <laughs> convenient, right? And it's a, it's a great selling point, but it also kind of gives people the idea this is, you know, this is a living thing, and you have to be essentially either at minimum electronically present at you know at most physically present and, and the difference between quality therapeutic medication and run-of-the-mill commercial you know just random whatever Aspirin. right yeah it's it there's there's no uh there's no subtlety there's no uh nothing to be desired you know and i think that if people really took this the way that we take red and white wine, that we would we would see an explosion in the niche smaller caregiver market where the people who know what they're doing and have a big enough reach to be big to satisfy five patients, but not you know commercial to where they have thousands of square feet where they have to replicate this over you know a million dollar facility. And I think we saw that right away with the recreational market just drying up so quickly. Because the stringent testing, it's crazy. I mean, I have people call me, like some of my old friends from Colorado, you know, it's it's a small world, let me tell you. Like, it, it seems like, you know, everyone's smoking weed and it's all true, but it is a small <laughs> world, man. I As an example, when I first worked at, in Colorado, uh, I, you know, I worked there and I came back. Uh, and then now I'd say maybe it was maybe 2018, 2019. Yeah, we're in 2020, so 2019. The very first people I saw at the Cannabis Cup were the people I used to work with in Colorado. Oh right, like the whole group of them just walking in. <laughs> and I just go, what the, you know, what the hell are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh yeah, man, we're in Michigan now. And I just, you know, I said to myself, well, now I, now I, I know that I was correct in saying that this is, this is where the, Holy where shit. the, what a full circle, right? And I mean, I'm not kidding. The whole crew, it was, it looked, uh, it was, it was <laughs> like, like going back in time. And I was just like, it was like, is this really happening in my current life? And I mean, it, it, it was, it wasn't even like we were all at the caregivers tent or anything. Like we were just standing in line, and those were like the people that walked out first. So it really, and you know. I get a little boisterous and I run up and say hi and give everybody a hug and everything, and, you know, and they're just as surprised to see me as I'm surprised to see them. But, you know, essentially what I did is I came in and invaded their turf for a couple of years and then they waited a couple of years and now they're over here. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, I wish them all the best luck. They're doing fantastic things. They're great people. Uh, but it's just, it's so interesting to see 
literally the exact same. Like, they must have just shipped them all out together, bought a house for him or something. I don't know. But it was, I, I, was about ready to, I was, in Detroit. I was about ready to punch in. I was like, oh, what, what are we doing today, guys? You know, we Where are we going? Right? We laughed about that. But that was one of the experiences I appreciated so much about the commercial uh, experience in, in Colorado was um, I'm not by any means a, a technical person. Um, <laughs> not by any means. So uh, it's rare for someone like me to have uh, like a work crew kind of experience, right? Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fixing electrical lines. I'm not an electrician. You know, I'm not a plumber. But our grow crew was, you know, a group of guys, and we have our problems with, with amongst ourselves. But overall, like having that experience and that camaraderie, it showed in the plans. And it, it's, it's such an interesting thing because I've had 101 lunches with people who want to know more about the cannabis industry. As soon as you tell people, like, oh, let me take you out to lunch. And I'll tell you, it's been some good lunches. Uh, but it always comes out of the same thing when it's time to spend the money the people who want to do and the people who don't, don't. And that's that's the difference. That's you either are doing it or you aren't doing it. And uh, the people who come in with such fervor to do it and want to just throw the money at it are, are rare. But they never seem to find a crew that can also grow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's difficult to watch what could be a Super Bowl competing team, you know, like, right. like and I use that pun intentionally. I thought about that as a teacher joke. I thought about that one on the way over. Uh, they, you know, they really could compete so much better if they would either A, find the right management structure or they would be found by the right crew. So it's difficult to replicate that and i've worked in a couple of crews since then and only one or two of them have really had it and then again when any of that chain falls out for any reason and it just i mean from it it takes one crop to go from wow this is actually pretty decent for you know at the was at the time garbage commercial cannabis but you know this is this is the better of the bunch and then uh the next batch just being like you know going from 2.3 2.3 pounds of light commercially with like no AC and all that stuff, which is a pretty decent number, to 0.8, you know, so like literally like half or more of the of the total projected outcome coming through and its quality was low and it was simply because between the six of us, there were six of us, there was issues either with the management, with each other, or both. and. That, that that both one was when it really really started to get tough and then uh yeah. you know they're trying to expand but they're they don't have the crew for it so they bring in people and then you know that creates tension because what used to be a four-person crew is now a six-person crew and that means two people gotta go you know so it's competitive in that way but there's a lot of camaraderie too but i learned the hard way that they just go with the person who'll do it for less uh, so you know call it what you want economics business whatever bottom line but they got you know they got yeah. me on that one but uh it's 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 an, inter- it's an interesting story because it's men women young old you know i i, I really saw quite a diverse crowd now, most of the time it was you know women tended to be trimmers and bud tenders and men tended to be the growers and well the growers you know so you know our crew was uh the first crew i worked at was was all guys and the second crew had a couple girls on it but it wasn't you know the other problem with that was finding people so in in colorado you have to go through way more background tests and like you know all that stuff background checks 
then you do have to be a teacher. Like it took me like a, a second to be a teacher. Like you know, you just go, you fill out the stuff. Really? But to to actually work in the cannabis industry in Colorado, you have to uh, go through like a it's like a, almost a week long process, and they they like triple background check you and stuff. So a lot of people. What didn't. are they looking for? The big thing that they're looking for, from my understanding, was uh, distribution to minors. Okay. That's kind of like. That's the one that's going to definitely get you cut. Okay. Um, but everything else, I've I've seen people. I'm like, whoa, really? <laughs> like, okay, cool. You know, and that's good because you know you want people, you know, have a chance or whatever. But it was it was very interesting to me, uh, quite how rigid the the qualifications were for yeah. what is essentially a farming job. Yeah, that's another thing I think is <clears throat> absurd about the industry overall. Yeah. Is like these background check requirements. Yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, I think a lot of it's. Like, it's the people with the most knowledge, mm, like history, skills, whatever, yeah. likely have like yeah. some kind of run-in with the law. Yeah, and you know it doesn't make it easy because you are paying that cash out of pocket. You can't even write that off, essentially, as as I understand it. So I mean, if you're trying to pick between two people, you're gonna pick the person who doesn't cost you money to have, essentially. Yeah. You know, in addition to what you would pay them, so. I get both sides, but it's uh, what ends up happening, and this happened at the, at the really good place that I worked at. The good people stay for three or four years, and then they just go to a different state. Um, that's kind of what, you know, I've been here for almost five years now. So just I, like travel around and go grow different places. And they go, yeah, exactly. They basically follow the, the legislation. The do that too, and the bud tenders? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of... I would say the growers probably more follow the legislation, whereas the trimmers and, and the uh, bud tenders and stuff like that might follow the actual the crop, like the location of where the crop is. Uh, I think the, the legislation, because what ended up happening was most of the people from Colorado went to Florida. And this was, you know, in 2015, so five years ago, and Florida's not even started yet. So they're either right where they need to be or they're somewhere else. But either way, they tried to, to uh, leave the flooded market. And when that happened, there goes your young talent mm -hmm. and you're not left with much to choose from. So it was difficult because everyone moved out there to want to do it, but people didn't realize that there were qualifications for it you know and right. when there'd be people they rush out there and they try to find a house like trying to find a house was a month-long process i had to have my buddy go out and do it i, I was just like dude you gotta find us a place man like good luck we're reading that that, that happened in that like denver area mm -hmm. and you just legalization like, yep you just wait no you, inventory you wait on the phone you just go all right well i hope so. and if they call you, you just go and have the cash and you go to i You're mean just it, like i'll take it yeah, it's like i mean you don't even there's no there's nothing it's just like yep okay where's it at how much is it i'll take it yeah. so you know I'll stop at the right i'll see i'll see you shortly you know i mean that's how it was because this one place i wanted to live at it was uh it was uh out in i want to say it was out in like uh west of Denver somewhere I can't remember where but uh, the uh, <laughs> the way that they structured working uh, you know like I said from different locations to locations Denver's this way Aurora's this way they restructure everything and by the time you come back around you're either working for working for the same people or working with the same people so again it just travels as so almost like a circus almost maybe would be the way I would describe it. So interesting. So. It's like some industries work like that. 
Mm -hmm. think like food and beverage, like chefs. That's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah, and people's like, and everyone brings their brother or their sister, so there's like, a, there's like a lot of that. Athletes, yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of college students. Think, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting that like you growers, you guys want to like move around and grow different places, like a badge of honor. Yeah. it seems like it's like a different experience. Right, and Is better that... pay typically. Okay, you know, you're, that's fair. You're yeah. like moving through all. Oh, it's so corporate though. At that point, it's right, so right, 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 and and then or. If you're smart, what they do is they they've done their own thing and they're expanding their own enterprise. I don't know, enterprise is the right word. But, yeah, yeah, they're like gonna go start something yeah, yeah. themselves somewhere. Right, right. Yeah. So that's that's like one thing you see, wow. but. But I'll tell you, man, it, it was it was a good time out there. I mean, the the culture was great. I mean, like I said, the cost of living was astronomical. I mean, yeah. it, it was just astronomical. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it was worth it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. But I don't know how anybody who didn't have roommates or do stuff like that could have done it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm talking smart people, like people with master's degrees and stuff have two, three roommates because the demand was so high. Yeah, yeah. and the rent's so high, yeah. and you're just trying to make it all work. All right. Like, yeah. And I was out in Aurora, and we tried to get this house, and we they, we call, we call, we call, we left like 100 messages. Like, <laughs> like It must have been like, God, I hate this kid. But they finally picked up, and they're like, you are number 209. I was like 209 out of 211 and he's like no we're at 37 and I'm just like oh he's like yeah there's 190 more people that wow. we have to get through before we would even consider looking at your application <laughs> and I was just like oh all right so a lot of people got tired of that and they, they moved you know, to Florida or whatever yeah, I guess other states would have like a cheaper cost of mm -hmm. living. Like, yeah, like you come in, you buy a house or whatever, and it just settle up. But I couldn't imagine though starting not in my home state, like being out of state and trying to get in the cannabis industry. Yeah, you definitely are seen as it's gotta be difficult. A leech kind and you're, of. Well, and you're just learning so much too. You're like learning a whole new state geography, you're yeah. like everything. At Altitude. least here, you know, like the land the you know some people to call if you need a quick favor like mm -hmm. you know and yeah. i think it'd be oh i don't know if i could move and try something out of state it's i don't think i'd be happy i, I mean the only way you can really do it effectively i mean i i was single i didn't have you know i'm not married didn't have kids so like you yeah, know that was right yeah that was easy enough but um you know i Anyone who's got any housing out there right now is certainly going to be able to sell it for whatever they want. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. If you were, like, younger, like, you did it the right time. That's mm. when you're supposed to go do those, like, fun things. Yeah, just a couple of years and then come back and did it here. And now I'm finally in a position to where this can, is, is a more than a hobby. It's a, more, a lifestyle at this point. So that makes it makes it really nice. But, uh, you've been doing it, what, you said 12 This years? would be 12 years, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got started right away, so. I haven't done anything besides fucking K through 12. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> like, so. That's why I actually K through 12 certified, so that, like, that's a double, double on time. That's amazing. Right yeah. Like, oh, wow, 12 must, yeah. like, it's like a power number for you or something. Right. Like, oh, man. Eight, yeah, it's you incredible. know. It's, it is interesting to think about that, though. Uh, what do you love, like, most about about it? Uh, you know, for me, it's, I guess as a teacher, like, what you want to see out of a student is slow, steady progress. You want to do as little interfering as possible, but be as available as 
possible. It's really an interesting line to walk. So with the plants, like you want to be there, you want to be present, you want to do all this stuff, but you have to do it in such a way that it doesn't run your entire life because then you'll detest it. And then when that happens, your crop just shits the bed. Like you have to kind of know when to shut it off or yeah. walk away or yeah. take a break. And or the thing that people don't understand is some days... Leave it days up I, to God, leave it to spirit. Right, you know, I mean, some days I, I go in and I'm like, all right, this is going to be a 10-minute day. And I'm there for 16 hours, you know, because some, something, yeah. some, something just didn't happen, you know, that was supposed to. But there's other times where I'm like, man, this is going to take four hours. And it takes, you know, 10 minutes. And then the thing that makes it all worthwhile is as long as you do it on your own schedule, it doesn't become a chore. When you have to rush to do this, to do that, is when it... When a lot of people get burnt out, you know, and that's why, you know, the secret is just grow at your house. I mean, everybody just grow for yourself. That's the secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. But as soon well, as that's everyone, particularly why this bill sucks, yeah, right? Right. They're because trying to make it so that, that away. right, exactly. And here's the thing. How are you going to enforce that? You're going to come knock on people's door and be like, uh, can I check your closets to make sure you're not growing four plants for yourself? Like, come on. That's a good question. How will they enforce it? It would be really hateful if they took like the money from cannabis. Oh, that's absolutely what they'll do. To do it because the opposite should be going. happening. They sh what they should. It's like what I think the state could be doing better is giving the municipalities support mm. to do the zoning. Right, right. Because they don't know how to handle it, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Like the state was like, we legalized cannabis. Good, good luck. luck. Yay. <laughs> And then there's like people coming to be like, so you gotta write some zoning language so I can like do business. They're right. Like, what? Right. Yeah. What? No, you guys what can't. What does that mean? What about the zone? You're right. So. You know, that's one thing I will say about Denver. They definitely had that right. They did a better job. They did a really good. Them. But I think their city was just laid out better. Like they had a they had a, a very industrial side of town, and it you could you could smell it from the highway. Denver is cool. It's like a pin. It's like a, a wheel. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then you can get to all sorts of, like, great other smaller towns, yep. you know? Yeah. Did they help the local towns, though, like, enact the... Or did they do it differently? <laughs> so what I found was uh, a lot of activist groups and a lot of uh, sympathetic lawyers and, and community me members and stuff like that, they were the ones who were most likely to, uh, to get change. So basically what would end up happening is they would try and cut some part of the legislation in or out, and then the city, you know, those people would come by and they would say, no, we're going to do a petition, we're going to do a petition for this, which is completely the opposite of what the city wants, and then they just said, okay, all right, all right. You know, so it's, it's a battle of wills for sure, uh, but the, the electorate, the petition takers, all that stuff, those people are certainly, certainly well, well into the favor of cannabis. I'd say it's probably a 70-30 split there. Uh, now, outside of Denver, it might be the other way. It might be a 30-70 split. But uh, down there, that was kind of their big focus was... Yeah, it seems like Michigan is, is a little more, like, turned mm -hmm. off in general. Like, the temperature here is a little cooler <laughs> right. all around. Right. Even for having dispensaries in Ann Arbor, Detroit, like, mm -hmm. whatever, it's still, there's, it's still been a fight and difficult at times. Mm -hmm. And even in Ann Arbor, which you would think would be, like... Yeah. You know? But, I mean, yeah. everybody wants to make their money, I'm sure, but... It's uh, it's interesting to see such a simple creature, you know, cause such a complex issue. <laughs> that that is another thing I will say about Denver. They are 
Uh, I'm not sure that they're more politically active, like they actually vote or not, but they are more politically aware out there. They uh, they do a lot of town halls. I still get phone calls for that. <laughs> it's like, oh, come to so-and-so's town hall. And I'm just like, oh, uh, I'm 1,500 miles away. <laughs> uh, Did you have a Zoom link? Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, is this a podcast? Can we do it that way? Yeah, Michigan Michigan is, is stalled for sure. There's a lot of, uh, lot of difficulty, but... I still think it's until probably 2030 going to be either the cannabis capital of America or a contender. Yeah. If not for the world, truthfully. I mean, the largest cannabis cup of all time was last year's cannabis cup. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, it was 30,000 people. That's wild. Yeah. And you entered into that. Yes, we did. Cup, right? we, we won uh, two, won two that time, first and first, and then uh, Clementine and Super Lemon Haze. It was. Uh, and the, the other one was the cherry lime haze, but I think that was at the second cup. Because it, it was either, uh, it might be backwards, but yeah, that was a good summer. That was a good summer for that everybody. Is a good summer, yeah, actually. yeah. Three, three for three on that. Uh, you know, it was uh, single source flowered oil and, you know, just a, a vertical a vertical submission that, that got a lot of attention. I was really, I was really surprised. I was really happy. And you grew that here? Yeah, it was all single source, yep. Okay, that's a single source. Yeah, yeah that means okay, gotcha. I grew, the plant came from me from the minute the plant's alive until the minute the plant is a consumable product ah. has been in my control. Or our, at, the, at that time it was our control because it was a partnership, but. Um, but yeah, that's just, it's a way of saying I don't buy everyone's garbage bullshit and then just try and make something out of it. It's yeah. the saying, like, this is all from me. But that's that niche market again, you know? Yeah, and, it's so necessary. And, and it's so necessary, but, you know, things like this new bill are kind of what they're trying to cut out because they can't compete with a good house grow or a good garage grow or a good... Financial partner. Or, well, Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, don't, you don't have to... It's, but then, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like... I, yeah, it's like short-sighted. Yes, short-sighted is a very good way to put it. That's uh, that is a word I use a lot when I try to describe uh, legislative outcomes. Maybe not legislative petitions or legislative actions, but the actual outcome is is very short-sighted typically. And then again, you got to remember, there's a vocal group that doesn't, or that is not in favor of full legalization too, mm -hmm. or any legalization. Sure. And there's a lot of them. I was, you know, yeah, I was surprised. I guess I was pretty close on the numbers for when legalization came through. Um, and I, I did, I voted against legalization. I, I have no problem saying that. Just Proposal because, one? Yep. I've heard that from so many people, yeah, especially yeah. Mm -hmm. caregivers yep. or people who Please. just were, Yeah, I'll, you I'll, know. I'll, I voted against it and I'd do it again uh, because this is, this is exactly what because you saw this coming. Because I saw it in Colorado. That's exactly what happened in Colorado. What um, would you have preferred? I, 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 you want to know the truth? Here it is. I'm about to have a very un, uncommon or unpopular opinion here. I don't think there should have been dispensaries. I don't think there should have been commercial grows. I don't think there should have been anything other than five patients and a caregiver card. So the way I envisioned it is there was no dispensaries. There was only caregiver to patient delivery and... Uh, you know the caregiver model, but the way I saw it, that would solve the abundance or uh, drought problem is that anybody, in my opinion, who has a card should be able to buy it from anyone else who has a card. So you're either a patient or a caregiver. So however, you're, you, you're not just one. You're not a patient assigned to a caregiver. Right, right. So like you know, essentially, if every party involved can 
have full control of this actual product, then who gives a shit where you get it from, right? Like if we if we both take aspirin and we both take the same aspirin, the same maker, the same brand, the same strength, and you you know you reach your hand into your your bottle and I reach my hand into my bottle, we couldn't tell the difference because there is no difference, and that's what makes it so difficult. Is uh, people are, are failing to respond to the needs of the people who are best suited to, to help them. You know, like I, all my patients have, I grow strains for them specifically. Like I have one strain that I grow for one person only because it's, in his opinion, the best cannabis he's ever had because it works for him, you know. So you're not going to get that no. in a commercial. They're not, I mean, that's so special. As a caregiver, I don't just take in anybody's plants, for sure. I'm single source. That's like a very important part of my process. But if someone said, hey, this is this is work for me. This is the experience I've had with this strain. Can you come close to this? Can you match this? I'd certainly look into it. I'm not against it. I just, I'm not um, open source, which is just like, yeah, I got a light under it. Let's put as many plants as we can under it. You know, whatever. It's... It's a it's a it's a work of art, not a, a plan. You know, it's there's more to it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where being a single source person is is unique. You know, because that person can say, you know, Doug, I I need heavy pain relief, and I I, I don't want any um you know let's just say for example I don't want any you know I limit my munchies right. And it's like, okay, so what you need is an indica-leaning hybrid that's a little heavier than most, but you go into a shop and they're going to say, this is what we have. I hope it works for you, you know. And they might have 50 things, but you need the 52nd thing, not the 50, or the 51st thing. Yeah. And you, you go up to them and say, hey, here's, this is what I want. And they're going to say, okay, great, thanks. But you go to your caregiver, he's going to say, all right, well, let's, let's get this in, or he or she's going to say this for you, you know, let's get this in for you. And they're, they're more able to quickly and more accurately meet your needs. It's an acute kind of uh, relationship yeah. where there's a direct reciprocity to needs and, and fulfillment, you know. You go, into, you go into a dispensary and they're going to say, oh, yeah, well, this is on sale. You know, and again, I, that, that's their job. I get that. But the, I, people need to remember that this was therapeutic first. This is therapeutic cannabis first. And it, if we're not giving it in a therapeutic way, if we're not making it accessible in a therapeutic way, if we're not considerate to our patients and our neighbors and our friends and our family and the people that really will support us, then now we're the assholes, you know? And it's like what we have to do is we have to be willing to, to meet that patient late at night or, or save that extra ounce for that patient and not make that other sale because, you know, or that other donation because you don't want you know, to upset your patient. Yeah. But there's also a part where it's like, I have patients that take, you know, one ounce and I have patients that take an ounce a week. It's like, you know, so how do you... You gotta do something different. Yeah, you gotta like cater. You gotta be like very personalized. And you know who's not gonna do that? Yeah. Anybody who's... Looking kind of broken. Yeah, anybody who's you know. doing it with the with money as the motive. For me, like, and, and it, took, it took someone telling me this. Like, you're an artist. This is your canvas. It's not just a plant. You know, when, when you find someone who has, and they're, they're out there. And this is the way I always told people. There's 10 caregivers in a room. Three of them are there to make as much money as fast as they can, and they don't give a shit how they make it, who, however, whatever. The next three, generally curious people. And the last four of those two, two of those four 
are going to be brand new people who are just thrilled and want to do this. And then the other two are going to be people who've read a book or, you know, have talked to somebody. But out of those... Oh, hey, buddy! Talk to somebody. But out of those ten people, you'd be lucky to find one caregiver that, that fits your needs, you know? Wow. So it's difficult because there's people who want to be flashy about it. And like, yeah, you certainly can make a lot of money at this, but you also really shouldn't, you know? Like, it's... You know, or you should after you take care of your patients. And most of the time I've found that caregivers are substantially more scrupulous than maybe a shop. I have not had a caregiver, I've never heard of a caregiver recalling their product because most caregivers inspect it before they release it. Um, you know, and it might, you know. Call, that part doesn't make any sense. Call me crazy, but, you know, <laughs> wait for the test and then release it. Not release it and then do a recall, but. Yeah, I never, I don't get that about the state's current mm -hmm. legal market. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, and then you, you know, it just comes down to you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? Is, is that, is that $3 gram really worth $3? I, it might not be, you know, <laughs> but it's tough because in my experience, I've seen it, it's basically a $5 break. I'm talking dry flour for, you know, just consumption. Um, either below $5 or you're above $5 a gram. Like the below a five dollar gram mark is really um, you're shooting for the bottom of the barrel there. It's it's a tough competition and there's really no winners. But the uh, five and above mark is where you really start to see the craft people and the people who have like something to offer. And then you see corresponding patients who know what they want and understand what quality is and are willing to pay a fair price, you know, for or have a fair system worked out with their caregiver. I have patients I give. X amount to every harvest. I have patients that I paid for their card. You know, I guess there's you just you work with people. Uh -huh. But the thing that you the thing that made it so nice is before there was actual dispensaries, you had to go word of mouth. So you would come and you know you and I'd sit down and you'd be like, man, you know, my ankle's killing me, and all I can find is this this cannabis that's that's making me up stay up stay up all night. And then you say, oh, well, I got a buddy who has, you know, this and this and that. And there's an organic relationship built there where there's an expectation that's set and there's an understanding that you are getting more than just this person's latest crop. You're getting their experience and their time. And when people really realize how cheap, good cannabis is, they start to really appreciate those caregivers a lot more. You know, I, I just don't understand it. Like, oh, I smoke eight blunts a day. Why? Why? That's insane. <laughs> that's insane, man. Like, that's, that's crazy. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. <laughs> like, just smoke better stuff. And, you know, and, and it's tough. You know, I, my, my first caregiver was my cousin. And he's, again, he's kind of a weirdo, but he's uh, smart. And he said something to me that made a lot of sense. He said, Doug, it's, it's not the caregivers that are asking for too much. It's the patients that are expecting to pay too little. And, you know, and he's a do everything by himself, like I'll, I'll build it myself, I'll make it myself kind of guy. And, you know, and, and I'm maybe not quite as technically as evolved as he is, so I don't have the advantage of being a carpenter and electrician and those things. But, you know, it's like they say, the, the electrician comes to your house and it's $230 to fix your light. Well, why was it $230? You're not paying him or her for the hour that they're there. You're paying them for the 10 years of uh -huh. experience it took for them to only be there an hour <laughs> to go so that they can make their life, you know, and, and the patients were really like expecting, 
you know, something free or, and, you know, that's fine, but you have to just, I mean, you almost have to write it out. And I know that kind of like defeats the spirit of it, but I just, I think there were caregiver over expectations and then there were over expectations on the patient's part. And I think just now we're starting to get to the point where quality is becoming uh, the standard, you know, versus just the catchy name or the, you know, the, the latest hottest test, which was possibly forged, <laughs> you know, so. Oh my gosh, kind of crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I think quality, I think you're right. Like, it, it's going to have, like, a, it sounds like you're saying that there's going to be some kind of, like, pushback, like, fight against yeah. what's happening. And what's going to be is it's going to be people who know like better. reconciliation a little bit. Right, right. It's, what it's going to do is it's going to drive that dichotomy. It will pay for it. It's. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I mean. It's going to be a dichotomous thing. Like there's going to be underground people are the people that will that will pay for it and know what quality is, and above ground people are the people that are just like I just want to pick it up on my way to the campfire. Like yeah. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And it's just going to go back to the way that it was, where all the good shit's underground, and you know it's like. But yeah. I mean, there's just there's no. I mean, you cannot tell me that it costs. Five hundred dollars an ounce still. Like it just like I mean these these rack prices are insane. Six hundred dollars an ounce. I'm just like oh my goodness. Like who who is buying that? I don't who know. is buying that? I don't know. Who has a three hundred dollar half? Like, like crazy. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna last you two months. You know. So yeah, it's difficult. You know, and that's that's where the the people go. Well, fuck, I'm gonna go underground. You know, they're, they're willing to pay ten a gram. You know, or, or ate a gram on bulk or whatever, you know, and it's like that's 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 where the commercial people really are going to lose out on the knowledge of the underground people mm -hmm. because they're going to just say, well, I'll work for myself and I'll, you know, yeah. I'll make this money and just be happy with that, you know, versus yeah. like having to meet this deadline or meet these requirements. And, you know, the other problem is, too, is all these old buildings are getting bought up. And, you know, every day there's something wrong with the next thing. So, you know, what you think is a one-month project is a one-year project. And then the other thing people don't understand is if you change anything in your garden on a commercial scale, it takes at least a year. At least, I don't care who you are. It takes at least a year to work that through. And I, the example I'll give is when I worked commercially in Colorado. There was, at first it was like everybody wanted as many flavors as possible. Like the, the place, you know, they had 100 strains was the place everyone went to. But then as the quality kind of, kind of came through and everything, you know, that kind of, kind of died off. Uh, but the major problem was the 100 strain place had to go from being 100 strains to being 10 strains and in giant bulk versus a hundred little pounds. It had to be wow. 10 pounds of this, 10 pounds of that, 10 pounds of that. And Michigan is moving that way because the testing requirements are 15 pound maximum. So now instead of people like caregivers growing 10 different flavors of something for different reasons, it's just gonna be whatever one is the biggest and produces the most and it's just commercialized. You have to grow a, a minimum to get it tested? So they, I think the minimum is a five pound test and the maximum is 15. Okay. Yeah, because the, the, the way that it works is the reason that the dispensers won't work with the caregivers is because the caregivers are few and far between and they're unlikely to have bulk of anything. 
So they don't want to take it in and get it tested for less than five pounds because it's cost prohibitive. So if you have 15 pounds of one flavor, like that's only one test that you need. But if you have 15 pounds and five flavors, that's per flavor per batch. Is that a state regulation? That's a state regulation for the commercial for the commercial. Isn't like much then? Right. So yeah, I think it should be up to the testing facility who they want to work with. I, well, and that's interesting too because I know there's only four or five of them that are really doing anything like their right business. now. Yeah. Right. So it's it's. That's an interesting thought too, and I have, I just that's another thing. That would be an easier like there's ways just to like loosen this up a yeah. little bit so caregivers can like stay in it. Well, it, or and have a real impact and influence like it's. Or yeah, or they're gonna be your. Or they're gonna be your enemies, and the, you know I mean if I if I had the money and I was looking down the other way I'd say I want these guys on my side. I agree. I, you know I mean like, sure. but that's. You know, I mean, like people are. really think, though, that they're going to make a million dollars in the first year doing this. Like, they really do. And it's it's interesting to see because... Well, you're not. You know, and you, and you sit and you talk with the people, and you can tell right away, and you move yeah. forward with the people who are serious, and you don't move forward with the people who aren't. But it's... it's, it's When you sit down and you actually tell people, like, you know, this is... It, it might be the number one single most abundant, most expensive, most money to be made crop in America, you know, world crop, right, is the, is the highest value crop in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But there's so, like, when you tell people, it's like, yeah, you're going to need, you're going to need basically a person per 500 plants, and they're going to be working, and they're just like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, it's, it is not just throw some seeds out and you come back, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that's when those 101 lunches end pretty quick, you yeah. know, so it, it makes it yeah. a little bit difficult, but. Well, how's it been for you, like, with all these abounding regs? Because I think it was maybe at the beginning of, like, uh, quarantine when they released the whatever was guidance about, like, not caregivers not allowing to do, like, flop, drop off flowers. Yeah, yeah, that. And then concentrating edibles. Yeah. Kind of, like, officially really removing caregivers yeah. from the uh, legal market. Yeah, and it's, and it's tough, too, because it made a lot more work for the shop owners. Let me tell you, like, they had to, I like, bet. really actually do some work. I had people call me personally and be like, dude, I, like, I can't help you, but it's not because I don't want to help you. It's because, you know. I bet. And I'm like, all right, dude, I understand that, but uh, everyone was hurt by that, like the the, the license holders and the patients, yeah. and the consumers, right? Like. But now the people that are benefiting from it are the people that stayed in, and you know those those are the good ones. It's kind of the way I see it is you're either at the top of your game right now, or you're working commercial or both or whatever. But it's uh, the 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 small fish are out of the pond now. You know, like they definitely choke them out real quick, um, and then anybody who who survived survived. But uh, I think a lot more people survived than I expected, but there was a substantial amount of people that I was really sad. To. And they're just like, dude, I just, I'm gone. I'm moving out. Like, oh, just go out. I'm just out. Uh, it's like, oh, uh, kids and stuff, you know, so it makes it tough. But, yeah. but you know, tough. and then now it's like you we're know, doing telephone medical cards and like, you know, we're just trying to keep things going. So I guess in that sense, the spirit's still there, but... Uh, I I don't know what the next year holds. I uh, I feel bad for anybody, any young person trying to get into the into the game now, because they're definitely going to get taken taken advantage of. You know, just you know, you're young, you're you're not going to get paid. <laughs> it's just the way, it's just like it was when I went out to Colorado. I had years of experience, and they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, bucks an hour. It's kind of like what tech startup type of mm -hmm. stuff used to be before you go like live in whatever that area yeah, was in California. So like, there you go and like make like eight you know, million dollar rent and all that. Yeah, yeah like, like 
$12 an hour. Yeah, right. Work. Like, you, can, you can stay in the closet. 80 hours. <laughs> we'll let you sleep in the closet for $600,000 a month, right? I hope over time that would even out too. Like, yeah. Because I think you do have to pay people well and treat them well to like do anything, any any industry, any product, any service. That um, is the first bit of advice I give people when they like call me and ask me, you know, what I think about something. I'm like, you just got to pay your people. Like, yeah, you your need, people are your. Product you need or service. right. You need twelve good people, not twenty cheap people. Right. You know, and you need to pay those twelve good people. 12 good people's salary plus a personal thank you. Like, it needs to be like, hey, we're going to pay you more, but we're also going to recognize you. Like, you have to be a per- yeah. you have to be somebody to them, you know. And know about your family, know about your life situation, you know, and you're not just grower B at site C, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that's what... <laughs> like, uh, hey, yeah, right? how are you doing on them plants over there? Right? You know, authenticity yeah, goes a long way with the growers, I think, but it's... Um, yeah. I mean, the definition, the opposite of authenticity, I would say, would might be might might be commercial. So if that was the case, then you know, if you look at it that way, uh, but that's that's the thing that I look for most is authenticity. Like, you just don't find it much in this uh, in this industry, especially anymore. Used to be mom and pop shops, people trying to make it like you know, growing growing and making brownies out of their kitchen, and stuff yeah, like right? that, you know. But not grandma. Not grandma no more. Sorry. <laughs> No more. Now it's a small, it's a small, 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 small world. I mean, like I said. <laughs> That's probably true. So if people That's probably are, true of any industry, though. Yeah. That, like, authenticity is hard to come by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, just true of maybe the world, not in, like, a negative way. Right, it's just, there's just not a lot out there, you know. Yeah, it's, like, difficult to know yourself and be yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a big part of it. You know, it's more important for me to give away cannabis to a patient or to a relationship to build it than it is to ever collect on that money like it's i don't care if the person ever comes around again it's just it's about the relationships and it's hard to find people who are authentically about the relationships and reasonably you don't have to be you know you don't have to waste money you know you can you can be astute about that but you got to be realistic too and it's hard to find people who are both authentic Two people and realistic about outcomes, yeah. and you know, and you know who you know who those people are. They're the old, the older po- folks who have all the money, unfortunately. So it's tough, you know. As a young man, like I, I've, I, I've, I've had young guys in Porsches take me out to lunch. I've had old guys in Porsches take me out to lunch, you know. And, and the way that they approach it is, it's substantially different, you know. And maybe this says something about the needs of my life or whatever. But I, I just the young guys I wasn't impressed by. The older guys I'm willing to listen to a little bit more. But, uh, the, again, that's where the authenticity kind of comes in, whereas the younger guys are really more for the relationship. So you have half of what you want from each person, and it's hard to cultivate the middle. And then to get people to agree, like, therapeutic medicine is the way we need to go, not commercialized, you know, the, not the most highest profit. And then, you know, quality. If you, if you do any one of those things, you're already doing really well. But most people are just like, let's get in and out as much as we can, as fast as we can. You either grow the most or you try to grow the best. Way easier to compete in the best market because there's not very many of us and the standards are higher. But trying to trying to be that five or below. When you're a customer, your like customer base is more loyal. Yeah, right, exactly. And you, 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 can, almost, you can almost count on it. You're going to be like, all right, well, everyone gets paid this week. People who love weed mm-hmm. don't have the weed. 
Yeah, super simple. I mean, it's 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 right, right. It's 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 yeah. like how an economy works, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have something I want, you I have something you want. Let's, yeah. let's trade it, and then yeah. you know. Therapeutic medicine, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like makes a lot of sense. And the thing is, too, is most people really like, here, like the thing is, is you know, six hundred dollar ounce is crazy. A hundred dollar ounce is crazy. I mean, obviously, if the quality, you know, quality. But, you know, aside, there, there are certainly $100 ounces, and there are certainly maybe not $600 ounces, but there are four or $500 ounces for sure. But it's the idea that the gap between the lowest and the highest is all the quality is where I'm really like, come on, guys. Like, if half of you stepped out of that market and just put half the plants in the garden that you want to and did it right, you'd make more and do less, and we'd look better. But again, there's people that just they can't can't get it. You give them, they got a hundred pounds, it wouldn't be enough, you know. And that's that's wild to think about. But you know, as you act, you you factor processors and stuff in here, like outdoors and stuff. I mean, in the next five years, people are gonna be running five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds of material at a time, you know, in these in these giant extractors and stuff. So the like I can see the people who who see big and see that and see the value in that and want to get there as fast as possible, but. You know, it's it's funny. People think that you know, can't you make the plant grow faster or, or slower? That's another one. That's I've I'm, I've had more people slower. So yeah, I've had more people be like, can we slow this down? Then I've had people be like, hey, let's you know, let's let's pick this up. And that's that's really weird. You wouldn't think it would be that way, but it it, it really is that way. I've that's had wild. I've had people be like, whoa, 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 we need like a month, and I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> shit, you know. So that's kind of a wild thing. It makes me uh, makes me um, makes me wonder what the plant must be thinking, right? Like, all right, cool, we're going, we're going, uh, well, we're not going anymore. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, and then and then the lights turn on. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, and then and then people don't realize it's you know, it's, it's every day in a plant's life is like a year in our life. You know, you can't just take. 12, 15, 20 years off and expect yeah. to be, you know, healthy. Just put it in the closet and we'll come back. To yeah, right. 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 It's like, oh, okay. I don't think that works. Yeah, it works. It's just not the way you want it to, you know. Yeah, so that's it's, fair. And that's education, you know. Maybe that's the teacher side of me, so I want to tell more people about that kind of stuff. But oh. Do you think it's possible to grow quality at scale? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. 100%. But it costs a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. It's, it's, it's the right nutrients. It's paying the right people. Um, but I, as from what I understand, the, the, good, the really nice place that I worked at prior to them, you know, losing it all, uh, they were making a uh, million dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, no, okay, you got a huge warehouse, you got profit. Their, they were like, uh, they're revenue, revenue. So they were probably, you know, probably actually 30, 40 percent of that was profit. Wow. You know, and they were doing that for a year before they started having problems. You know, so. I wonder how much did she like drive a nice like car? And she, she, she was pretty reasonable. She was the nicest woman. She's beautiful, nice. Like you would would have loved to have worked for her. Like she was very kind. But like the first time we met, we talked for forty five minutes. You know, we just we really got along really well. Um, but um, I think there was a, I think she was a little bit troubled, um, and I think it, it just came out at work. You know, some people it comes out at their family. You know, some people it comes out in there. You know, I get tumors and stuff. And I think her thing was she just, it just 
didn't take work as seriously maybe as she should have. Like in the mafia, yeah. trying to well, set up a cannabis. Well, you know, and there's a lot of that that rock star. In like a movie. Yeah, there's a there's a big rock star. I like her style. Kind of. And again, I'm a young man. She's a young woman, and she's paying me well. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You answer. really should consider like a season, like a TV show season, right? About this experience. I'm well, she actually, this. this individual is is actually been on one of those televisions. I'll, I'll I'll tell you about it later. I don't want to give away any names, but I'll I'll show you later. Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, it was very interesting. But you could what you see, you'll be like, I could see why you didn't argue with her. Like, you know, she paid you well. She didn't ask much from you, and she was so nice. I wasn't having. I was the happiest I'd been at that point in my life, you know. But um, that sucks. And I was only making fifteen an hour, but I mean, from making ten, like I, my whole life changed. I was paying down credit card debt, saving money. It was great. It sucks because it sounds like she was like actually a good leader. She was like, a great a business, woman. She was you know a great. I mean? yeah, like you guys had fun. You were doing. Mm-hmm. She was like, fun. Work. Yeah, everyone was like mm-hmm. enjoying themselves. We we. Had enough to go out to lunch a lot. You know, she was she was kind to all of us. You know, I, that sounds like ideal. Yeah, it was. It really was. Like it was. It was like I used the term breakup because I didn't want it to happen. Like <laughs> right. I was like, no man, like, this it does is, sound traumatic. It, 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 well, I mean, I did get my tooth pulled that day, and that was. I gotta give that was a. I remember very specifically like walking out and being like, I am really worked up about this and then being like oh yeah you did just have your tooth pulled so so my association with that memory is a really high emotional like you told but uh part of that was because i had a bone ripped out of my head but uh <laughs> yeah. he, he just did it too he's like yeah we're just gonna I was like all right uh, but right after that i went to the wildlife reserve right down the road and uh i ended up you know, going out like through a little hike and they drive out and then they're, they're like the bison and stuff. And apparently they never come around, but when I went out there, they were out there and I'll show you videos of that. I mean, I just, I was like in this herd of bison. I like lost my job, my whole life. My tooth was That's aching. so cool. Yeah, but they're like, I out like. Out there in nature. Yeah, they were like, we got you. Yeah, and they're like, it's all right, man. And then some asshole came no. by and revved his engine and they ran away. But, um, but it was a cool experience. That was the good thing about that day. And then the next day I started my own grow. Like I spent all of my money that I'd saved for years on tax returns and I started my own grow. That's, that's awesome. And that's how I got started, yeah. It sounds perfect though. It's like kind of like good yeah, timing. Yeah, it, it, it really know? did. It, it did work, you know, and uh, the whole time I've always had another job, you know, so like that's the other thing. Like a lot of people want to do this full time and not do, like you got to do other things. Like you have, even for a couple of years, you're not going to make enough money doing this if, you, if you're a one-man band or even in a partnership. What are some of the other things you've done? Uh, so I was a teacher. Uh, that was my big thing. Most of my younger days was uh, health. So I used to teach health and government. So cannabis is like perfect intersection. <laughs> uh, I know, really just coincidentally. Uh, but I did mostly uh, nonprofits uh, all through college. And uh, I mostly did, mostly did health education. I did like, sometimes I, did, I would do uh, you know, like drug awareness programs for kids at school as like as a teacher. But then in the community, I would yeah. do like, you know, uh, you know, uh, what would be one? Uh, you know, food drives in the summer. Like it was basically all poverty and health education. It was basically all I did. Uh, and then I also do uh, biometric health screenings on the side. Oh my gosh! Like yeah, cannabis, all that like fits so it's, perfectly. It's, it's really like really cool. You like almost cake. can't you almost can't believe it. You're like yeah, yeah well, no wonder no, you did this. Mix there. So I got I got that's good. I got real I got real lucky in that. And uh, you know, my mom was a. Uh, 
not too thrilled but my dad was like yeah good for you kid and then you know two years later I'm back and I've been on you know I've been I've been able to keep it going for yeah. you know, four or five years through all this baloney so we'll see but you know obviously right now anybody who's then you know, another problem is people are having trouble finding places to grow medically not even just uh, commercially so that's another big thing I know a lot of places uh, you know, there's the recreational grow, which there's only like six places in America that you can do, or six places in Michigan you can do this. So uh, they're charging thousand bucks a week for rent, which is crazy. That is crazy. And a thousand, a thousand bucks a week at least, and that's to grow at some building in Ypsilanti. Uh -huh. So you know, or some other green zone. Area. Would so, you still have to put work into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like that's just what, wow. So what the thousand dollar a week places are probably turnkey, you know, okay. like bring your plants kind of thing okay. and your equipment, you know, yeah. up and running. Yeah, yeah. But everything else is at least some elbow grease, you know. Damn. Yeah, and it, and again, it's that's you know, it's, that's money. okay, and it's tough because once you outgrow your basement, the next thing you want is like a garage, and then when you outgrow your garage, the next thing you need is a is a is a shop. And there just aren't many of those, you know what I mean? It's like hard to find them. So keeping those relationships are, are difficult too because you're like, hey, let me come in and basically ruin your entire shop, you know, and then, you know, clean. You, know, you would think like Detroit would have that kind of. Yeah, but you got to get people to want to go down there too. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people, I think Detroit doesn't get as much. It's a tough commute. Right. It's a tough commute. It's a tough uh, neighborhood for a lot of people. They might not be willing to go down there. Uh, the other thing I think is the community itself isn't um, isn't capable of uh, getting in on that opportunity, you know, of like say the, exactly. the shop down the street goes out or whatever. But that's also, you know, you can't just do it anywhere. You know, when it really comes down to it, there are only 50 choices, you know, and you're competing with everybody else, you know, and it's either you got to be a well-connected medical caregiver or a commercial person at this point. You know? Yeah, pretty so, much. But five years from now, it'll be... God, I'm, I'm, who knows? Maybe robots will be doing this. You know, no, that, that, you know at this point, no uh, one who actually likes weed though would want to smoke that weed or ingest or yeah. anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. Those who know know. Even if that exists, like mm -hmm. the the caregiver model, however it ends up being called or looked, like the same sort of intentions or values or like way the relationship's set up. Yeah, it's. I think it'll. Yeah, there's like a rebound. I'm hoping. Right, there's and flexibility. Like yeah, yeah, and I, I, I would love to see caregiver model for the entire country. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think mm -hmm. that's, I, dude, I mean, it I needs to be a part unpopular of opinion here, but no shops, none of that. I, I would love to see it just home grows. That would be great. But then it's like I say, let it all exist. Well, right, right, let, and then that the other argument is. And to be honest with you, I mean, right now the demand, I don't, I think if everybody was running full steam doing perfectly, still wouldn't fill it. Exactly. You know, so let them both exist. Exactly. But. And then everyone could use how they want. Because, mm -hmm. you know, even like people who would have like more of a relationship with weed would still go to dispensaries, like mm -hmm. in a moment of yeah. convenience or yeah. in another town. Or, mm -hmm. Like you would still find value in it. And well, those, right. Those like moments, you'd be like, yeah. I have patients that go to the dispensary. Yeah. And it's like, right? yeah, dude, I'm. In the UP, I'm like, all right, well, yeah, okay, well, you should have called me first, but all right, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's understandable, but uh, exactly, it's tough because the shops look at the home growers as the problem, and the home growers look at the shop as the problem, and everybody races to the bottom rather than even trying to be semi-cooperative, you know. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. 
Good luck finding that, though. It's true, but homegirl like should absolutely be allowed. I yeah, I don't see why it would ever go back. It's completely nonsensical mm-hmm. that you can't grow a legal plant in your right. yard. Right. You don't really own anything. Like, <laughs> What's the point of having a house if you can't do the things yeah, that you want to do in it? No, you're not allowed to grow that here. I don't know. And very specifically, oh. that plant. Not any plant. Right. That plant. Yeah, you can grow all sorts of other things, but not that one. You could even have a hemp plant, probably. Oh, Lord. oh my gosh. Yeah. So, well, that's amazing. So, what is like on the horizon for you now? So it's uh, right now. It's just the outdoors, kind of everyone's big thing, you know. The um, the light depths people have probably got their first one out. I, I'm just a natural light guy, so um, my my main focus right now is the outdoor, uh, and then you know the consultations that I'm doing until. You know, things actually get rolling. I feel like everybody's at least six months behind now. So, because of COVID? Because, of, yeah, most likely because of COVID. And then, uh, in addition to that, I think really just trying to be current with with the laws and the, the petitions and the language and all these things going on is really a. Uh, enough of a task. I mean, that's a part-time job right there. It is. You're, like, you're try, trying to do truth. it. You're trying to do it right <laughs> is a part-time job, you know? Trying not to break the law right. while you're doing it. And you're, and you're like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm being is. forthcoming here. Like, I just, he's like, at that point, can't it just be like, here's the money, here you go, you know? I mean, like, if we were, let's not even play the game. Let's just, you know, if you want the money, here's the money, let's let's do it. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's tough for people because, you know, once you put your big toe in the white market, you're either exposed or you know you maybe pushed out from the black market, right? Because people are gonna say, well, you know, he's doing this now, or she's doing this now. So you, do you have to give up your caregiver license, right? When you, you can't you be, work for any yeah, you can't be any both of the commercial at the same time, yeah. and that's um, yeah. you know they have to have their license and they have to have like things have to be happening. Yes. But but yeah, I believe Once that is yeah. what they're really paying you for is to give up your medical cards. This is the way I understand it. Yeah, but that's, uh, you know, again, I haven't gotten a clarification on that yet either. You know, and that's good luck. Get a good lawyer and call them because, you know, you're going to have a different question every week. I mean, it's, I I mean, just reading them live. I'm like, oh, all right, well, I guess I better look into that. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. I know. I know. It's like, you know, lawyers and, like, an accountant. Yeah. I'm like, if, if lawyers and accountants could team up. And they're oh my god I would, I would pay a, like a high dollar right a lawyer we to go somewhere with a lawyer and account that work together to make all your stuff yeah that's a great idea I don't think I've ever heard of that oh my gosh I feel that way so much because I feel like I'm translating between the two a mm-hmm, lot mm-hmm. To, yeah and it's not easy it's not yeah, like they're I'm like, like well, they're giving you formulas I'm and all just this stuff try it like this yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. we'll so, see how it goes does this work that's yeah, the way I do exactly. it what's, what's the saying or uh, like this ask I'd rather ask for forgiveness then beg for permission yeah, right exactly. yeah yeah that's exactly like all right well hey i hope this works too. Exactly. There you go. well where can people find you on social media uh, so uh big michigan fan so maize and grew it's a play on michigan michigan's maize and blue um had it for a couple of years so that's that's kind of my main thing um you can find me there it's probably the easiest way it's maize and grew at gmail.com and uh, call, text anytime. I'm available. I love talking to people and having discourse, political or otherwise. Cool. Yeah, pretty exciting. So. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to share with you. No, I. And Maverick. Wow.
I'll tell you what, I never appreciate you as well. Oh. He's like, dude, you ready to hang out yet or what? I'm about man. to take you with me, bud. You ready? He's like, yeah. Come 